place it comfortably. I'd like to say a few words today about um, one of the sutras that we recite, and we re- uh, which is faith in mind. And uh, but before I do, um, I'd like to give you an example of something just from my everyday life that happened, um, which is an experience which perhaps um, expresses faith in mind far more than what my philosophical words will do. Um, But I was out walking with my dog in the park yesterday, and as we were walking along, um, he went into a house, you know, on on the lawn, so I called to him, and his name's Sunshine, so I called out, Sunshine, come here, come here. And then after that, um, I heard the sort of sound of children um, yelling out, sunshine, sunshine, come here. And, and, and all this giggling occurring. And I was looking around, I couldn't see anyone there. And this happened about three or four times, you know. And, and I was about to walk away and they said, we're up here. <laughs> and there was about three or four little girls. They couldn't have been older than about six. And they're up in this treehouse, right, right above me, and they were having just the most delightful time. Um, and part of part of the game, of course, you know, when if you look at it, is um, they're up there, and I don't know where they are, <laughs> and they're tricking this adult down here who doesn't know where the where the sound comes from, right? So it's kind of like a a game of hide and seek, you know. Um, but they let me in on the game, you know. We're up here. Right? So I had a little chat with them afterwards. Um, but it was such a, a delightful moment, you know, and a, and a moment that um, made my day and sort of so grateful they included me in their little game. Right. <clears throat> um, that's um, faith in mind. Their, their experience, their experience of children is faith in mind. We'll have a look at that a bit more closely. But to just look at... Um, the background of this sutra, it was written by um, Sosan, who was, who is the third founding teacher of Zen. So it's back in Tang Dynasty, China, or even before that time. And the reason why it was written, uh, the context of it, is that Pure Land Buddhism was very popular at that time. And so Pure Land Buddhism was about putting your faith in a a god-like figure in a similar way to what Christians would with God. And so faith in mind was a sort of a statement of the, the Zen perspective, you know, that mind and Buddha, yourself and Buddha, are one and the same. So it's not about putting your faith in something outside of yourself. It's putting your faith in life, in a sense, right? So another way that we could perhaps translate Shinjin Mei um, in, a, in a contemporary context is that it's um, faith in life. Uh-huh. Or even to change it even more, it's kind of about openness to life. Uh-huh. And those little girls in the treehouse were expressing openness to life in their joy of the occasion. The great way is not difficult just avoid picking and choosing. However, um, can you always have faith in life? Mm -hmm. This is the extra bit. 
What if you had bad parents who neglected you or even abused you? What if being let down by institutions, you know, and bad things have happened to you? Can you have faith in life? Uh That's the big question. Mm -hmm. And that's where a kind of fall happens, you know, and life becomes difficult and we lose faith in life. But the key to understanding this, and I can't emphasise it enough, is the answer to it is when you look at the following lines. When you neither long nor loathe, it clearly reveals itself. So if you're clinging, do you know, that to the idea that life will always be positive and good and you'll never be betrayed, um, and you have a loathing of the opposite, then, then there won't be clarity. You won't see the clarity of life. Mm-hmm. The great Zen teacher Rinzai um, once said, apparently, there's nothing in life that I dislike. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> but um, we lose faith in life, particularly in the human context, because um, we're felt um, betrayed in some way, and it can be being betrayed by other people, um, but like I said, other institutions, or it can be betrayed by life just not turning out the way that we wanted it to be. And when I hear um, Christians or people who were Christians saying that they they did have a faith in God and then they lost their faith in God because something bad happened to them, I kind of sense, well, you didn't quite really understand what faith in God was in the first place. And I think it's true from from a Dharma perspective as well. Um, one of the things that we can be sure of um, is what, and what we could have faith in is we're going to be betrayed by life. Mm-hmm. That's part of the deal. And if you really look at it, you know, as a sentient being, and we're all sentient beings in the sense that we feel things, we're sensitive to things, we experience pleasure and we experience pain. And that's just the fact of life. That's the way it is. And it's like there's a kind of a naive faith that people get involved in, either in Christianity or Buddhism, whatever it might be, um, or something else, um, that um, I'm going to have faith that my life will be good all the time. I'll just experience pleasurable things, or I'll minimise the bad things that occur. And if I invest my faith in that, then it then it should happen. Mm -hmm. And it sounds really naive to put it in that way, um, but we're probably all naive (laughs) at some some level or another. Mm -hmm. And uh, there is some... That's why these words are so important. When you neither long nor loathe, it clearly reveals itself. It's just a willingness to accept life as it is in both its pleasure and its pain. And if you go back to those words, the great way is not difficult. It just avoids picking and choosing. Well, of course, we've got to choose all the time. We choose where we live. We choose a partner. We have life is full of choosing. But really what the spirit of those words mean is not obsessing 
about picking and choosing. It's not having to overthink it about to make sure that you make the right choice, you know. It's like just letting things roll and trusting that things will be okay. What happens when we've um, felt betrayed in some way, and probably everyone has to one degree or another, um, is that it leads to a shutdown towards life. And as I walk around the streets and I'm walking my dog and so on, I'm very aware and mindful of, of the, the openness of other people coming towards me or not. You know, and I like to, I like to say hello to other people or smile at them and acknowledge them. And where I live, most people are like that. Um, but you have people who walk along, you can see that they're shut down and I, I try to make eye contact, whatever, without being intrusive. But you notice that the shut-down nature of people as they walk by. And one can only assume compassionately that something, something negative has happened to them that's led them to distrust other people or to distrust life in some kind of way. Um, but what, it might sound like a dramatic way of describing it, but to get the point home, is that when we shut down from life, it's like we've, we've um, committed an act of psychological suicide. Right? We haven't physically killed ourselves, but it's like we've, we've killed off our, our, our ability to just to be open to life as it is and the unpredictability of life. So we've, that, that shutting down is a kind of death. And in, in that shutting down, we lose the vitality of being alive. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a, it's a sad thing when it happens. It's a sad thing to, to see other people. And of course, it goes without saying, you know, if we think of um, a Zen life and a Zen life of um, non-violence and non-abuse, that we do our best not to, to betray other people, you know, and add to the suffering is there. That goes without saying. Um, but betrayal does happen, and um, and we've all probably been betrayers, as well as having been betrayed. There is a, a such a sort of fashionability these days to um, identify with victimhood, which is about being betrayed, and it certainly does occur, and it's terrible when it does. Um, but it's probably worth reminding everyone, reminding ourselves, we've probably betrayed someone somewhere along the line as well. It's not a black and white type of experience. So there is naive faith that life will be favourable to me, pleasant things will happen, it'll all be okay. Um, But what we're talking about in this Sutra, faith in mind, openness to life, is really what is a deeper faith. And that's just being open to life as it is in the fullness of its pleasure and its pain, its favourable and its unfavourable circumstances. Because like I said, the the alternative is to shut down and it's to to sort of die to life. And then there are there are subsets of shutting down. Um, I'll give you some example. You can't trust men, 
contrast women, contrast Muslims, contrast Christians, contrast institutions, contrast doctors, contrast then teachers, whatever it might be, right? Um, and so we, we sort of create these subcategories, you know, the things. But as soon as we do that, as soon as we have created those categories of, of things in life that you can't trust, we're actually going, we're living in a conceptual world. A category is a concept. You've created a concept and you put everything and generalised everything into that concept. And I'll never trust anything like that again. Mm-hmm. So it's another kind of shutting down, another kind of death. And as Zen teachers keep emphasising all the time, Zen practice is about getting out of a conceptualised way of living in the world and, li- and seeing it primarily from a non-conceptual, direct point of view, direct experience. Mm-hmm. And if you, as soon as you, you go and you can't trust that, you can't trust this category, concept. It's no longer life as it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, the nature of life is that it's unpredictable. We don't know what the next moment is going to bring, favourable or unfavourable. Mm-hmm. So faith in mind is faith in unpredictability. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to be un- live in an unpredictable world, <laughs> shut it down as much as you can so you won't experience any kind of pain. Sorry? That mustn't work for people in the end? No, it doesn't. Um, to return to the little girls up in the tree, one assumes from their demeanour and just the absolute joy of being alive and playing that they had, um, one assumes that um, uh, they hadn't been particularly betrayed by life up until that point. <laughs> Looks like they all came from loving families and lived in a loving environment. And maybe we were fortunate at some point to have that as well. But as they grow up, those little girls will be betrayed in some kind of way. Mm-hmm. And like us, the challenge will be, do they just shut down from that delightful childhood joy of life? Or do they take it another step? Right? And they go, okay, bad things happen. Uh-huh. What do I do? Do I shut down? Or do I cultivate um, an openness to all things that occur in life? Mm-hmm. Of course, that doesn't mean being stupid and taking risks or not protecting yourself or things like that. Of course it doesn't. But despite all those things that we can do, difficult things will happen in our life. And that is, that's the choice we all make. And that's what that sutra um, is challenging us to do, um, opening to life. Thank you.